the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome to episode 26 of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. If you're new to the show, you've missed some really helpful episodes on budgeting, guest lists, wedding dress shopping and choosing your wedding party. So make sure you go back and give those a listen. And if you're a regular listener, hello again. You're in for a treat this week because we're helping you maximise the time you've got left until your wedding day. Our main topic today is how to plan a wedding in three months. But when we were sorting through our tips, we realised that lots of them are relevant for couples in the later stages of planning, regardless of how long the engagement is. So whether you're working with a super short timeline or you just feel like you're falling behind on wedding related admin, this episode will help you get yourself in gear. Yeah, I don't think it's ever too late to, well, maybe the last week, but generally (laughs) it's never too late to kind of pick up the slack and get everything done particularly three months out is a good time to kind of see where you're at yeah and it's probably easily done as well that you kind of fall behind so this episode is going to give you a bit of a kick up the arse yeah and it'll definitely help anyone who's recently got engaged and wants to have a wedding really quickly one fab day expert wedding tips We want you to walk away from every single episode of this podcast with an invaluable piece of wedding planning advice in your back pocket. And this part of the show is where we make it happen. This week, Selena, you've chosen a tip that you think every couple could benefit from. My tip this week is to ask your photographer to take a photo of you alone with each of your parents, if you're lucky enough to have both of them there. And this one came to me because we obviously have a checklist on the site of all the photographs that you might request your photographer to take. Mm -hmm. And there are loads of photos that I see all the time in real weddings and think, oh, it's so important to get a photo of you with your gal pals or you with your whole side of the family. But I think a photo of you alone with your parents is not likely to happen in regular life as much as other photos. Like definitely I've got loads of lovely photos of me and my pals on nights out. But your parents, for some reason, that's a black hole where you often get to the age of 30 or 35 and you don't have one. Yeah, particularly if you don't see them so often or if you're not going on holidays frequently. Because you don't actually think to take photos at Christmas or things like that the way you did when you were a kid. I do have one photo of me and my mum at my graduation, my college graduation. And literally, I think that's the only photo of the two of us together and throughout our whole lives, which is kind of terrifying. Right, well, next time Mrs. Murphy's in Dublin, I'll come around and take a photo. Thanks, Claire. Uh, Yeah, so I think this is definitely, definitely one to put on your photographer checklist. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. So far on the podcast, we've spent quite a few episodes discussing money, but there's another resource that deserves just as much careful consideration when you're planning your wedding, and that's time. Time management isn't a particularly juicy subject, but it's absolutely worth thinking about in the lead up to the big day. Because look at it this way, the more efficient you can be in wedding planning, the more opportunities present themselves for impromptu date nights and celebratory drinks with friends and family. Working with a short timeline can be quite daunting because you're well aware that lots of couples spent two years planning their wedding. But actually, as long as you're organised and motivated, you can achieve amazing things in three months. And we're going to start by talking about the very first thing you need to do. And that's sort through your to-do list. Yes. So I think if you've decided you want to have a wedding in a short space of time, the very first thing you need to do is go on to onefabday.com where Claire has lovingly put together a checklist specifically for people who are planning a wedding in three months. Now, obviously, you could slightly alter it if you've got four months or five months, but it's very different to our regular checklist, which allows for a longer period of time. That feature was actually made with friends of ours in mind who came to us last year. They got engaged, I think, in June and decided they were getting married in September. And we're like, where do I start? So I was like, hang on and I'll write a blog post for you. Hang on and I'll tell you exactly what to do. So 
when you get that checklist out, you might want to print it out, sit down with your partner. You might want to paste it into a Google Doc or whatever you do and just start by reading through it. And if anything leaps out at you as an element that you could kind of ditch. Absolutely. Definitely do. All of our checklists are made to be used and to alter as you see fit. Yeah, we tend to put absolutely everything you possibly need on it. So there'll be a lot of superfluous things that you can just completely scratch straight away. And I think when you look at the list, it can be almost too overwhelming Mm. because you see 100 things. But know that about 50 of them are optional. More than 50. And so you can just scratch them straight away. Yeah. And as a general piece of advice, when you're getting married with a short timeline, it is preferable to jettison things that you just don't need to do because it might sound like three months is a long period of time, but it's really not when you're planning a wedding, depending on the kind of wedding you're planning, I suppose. But if you're doing a big party for a load of people, actually, you'll probably thank yourself if you do get rid of a few things that you consider optional and you and your partner decide, yeah, we're not too arsed about having a cake table or whatever it is. Yeah, particularly anything that's quite labour intensive or takes a lot of time to organise. If it's something you can outsource, that's fair enough. But as you said, time is precious and it's about prioritising the things that will have maximum impact on your day. Yeah, strike while the iron is hot, like get right into it. Assign the tasks between you and your other half. Yeah. Obviously use anyone who you can to delegate to and like hop to it. Yeah, I would also, if I have a 12 week lead in, actually like does sound tight, but you Mm. will be fine, but you need to make a plan for every single one of those weeks. So obviously week one will be very heavy on emails and telephone calls and getting the essential things locked in, particularly venue is obviously the first thing. And then Mm. after you have that, you can press on with photographer, band, and then all the more aesthetic and fun elements. But I think making a plan for every single one of those weeks to make sure you're making the most of them from the outset is definitely a must do. Yeah. And bear in mind that the first week will probably be the most hectic because that's when you really need to be making a lot of groundwork. Yeah. If you're doing a 12 week lead in, I would, if you can at all, take a few days off work and just spend a solid few days just getting everything locked in, visiting venues, things like that. Yeah, you will have to do it at a faster pace than another couple who have 18 months. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We also have loads of delicious tips for such couples who are have a short timeline or people who are maybe behind on their wedding planning admin. Yes. So the first thing you need to do is get the legalities done. So obviously, if you're getting married in Vegas, you can rock up on the day, I think, and get a marriage certificate. But in Ireland, you need to give three months notice um, and you should check in your jurisdiction what kind of notice you need to get married. There are parts of the world that you can go to and get married quickly um, if that's something that you're interested in doing. Like that island in Denmark? Yes, there's some island in off Copenhagen, I think, where you can go and have a quickie wedding. The whole industry there is based on weddings, apparently. Yeah, and it's all pretty, like a little village. It's a weird wedding anomaly in the world. Sounds fun. Gibraltar is another one I think people go to. Interesting. Don't quote me on that. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, you should check what the legalities are in your area, wherever you're getting married. It's very important because actually you never know. You could be listening to this and things could have changed. By the time you hear this, Ireland might be four months. You don't know. So definitely check. Do. I know in the 60s and 70s, people used to go to Gretna Green in Scotland. And that was a real like quickie place. But absolutely get it sorted. That's your number one job. Yes, definitely. Because there's no point in planning the big party if there's not a document. If you're not married, if you're not married at the end of it, was it even a wedding? <laughs> you're going to love this tip, Claire, because this is your fave topic. This is a little bit of me. 
Make quick but considered decisions, particularly about suppliers. Yes. So being decisive is something we talk about all the time. We're short of hanging a banner over the one fab day uh, <laughs> office that says be decisive. Yes. But this is so important when you're short on time. Yeah, you just have to get on with it <laughs> without sounding too harsh. But you need to set deadlines. And if you've got three days to pick a photographer, you need to just hammer out the emails to all your favourites when they get back with their prices, have a look at them and decide who you want to go with. I'm not saying that you'd be reckless. Definitely consider them. Definitely put thought into them. But you have to, once you make a decision, move on. Don't second guess it. Spend time considering it and then move on. Yeah, yeah. You have to accept, I suppose, that you won't be able to do the same amount of research as other couples will do. Mm. But you might be if you just devote a lot of time to it. So, like, researching photographers and venues is something that generally couples do at their own pace and they enjoy it and it's fun. But for you, it might be one of those things where you stay up late for a couple of nights in a row, just trying to get through all of your options. I think for things, particularly the visual elements, there's almost too much choice out there that it's completely overwhelming. Mm. So you're almost better to go with your gut for things like that. And if you thought you wanted a white bouquet, talk to your florist and order a white bouquet rather than spending two months on Pinterest, which someone who has 24 months to plan a wedding has the luxury to do. And then yeah. might return to the white bouquet or might go to pink one. But just make a decision and you're not going to regret things like that. Yeah. So I think for those kind of elements that you're really not going, like after you've made the decision, it's totally fine to move on. Obviously with suppliers, you should spend a bit of time on it. Mm. But yeah, being decisive is the key to this one. And you'll also be grand because the suppliers are experts. And, you know, if you ask for a white bouquet, they're going to make a beautiful version of a white bouquet. They will. Trust that things will work out. Yeah. Don't, you know, let this tip freak you out in any way. Like you will have a wonderful day in the end and you'll be happy with all your suppliers if you give them a good bit of attention. I think cast a wide net for suppliers is a a good tip here too because I think you might be tempted to just email one or two. If you're trying to save time, you don't want to send off 10 florist emails. But obviously if you're close to the day, some of the florists might be booked up. So it's better to email a wider variety Mm. talk to your friends about their recommendations and if you're getting married in ireland definitely check out our supplier directory it's so good it's full of the kind of suppliers that we would vouch for that we would stand over and they're a really good place to start if you're looking for suppliers in your area yeah that's literally what i would do is work through our lists because it's just the quickest way to do it yeah they're um curated lists as opposed to other places where you might get a list of literally every photographer in the country (laughs) which is really handy Obviously, the really, really high end in demand suppliers might be booked up, but it's worth asking because you might get lucky with a cancellation. Mm. Like chances are, if you're getting married in three months, you'll be hoping for cancellations with a lot of suppliers. And yeah, I think our main point here is what you said earlier, Claire, about setting deadlines. Mm. Like even if you have to get out a calendar and tap in random dates yes you know you have to get these things done yeah particularly if i think you're torn between two suppliers yeah just if you have to know you have to make a decision by wednesday it just has to happen and whoever you pick will be great our next big big piece of advice for planning a wedding in a short space of time or if you've left it late in the day to get your details together is keep things simple yeah i think if you have a load of money and you have an incredible planner maybe you can make very complicated logistical things happen mm-hmm. on your wedding day yeah you can you can throw money at it but in general i mean this kind of applies to all weddings in general if things sound logistically complicated 
then they probably will be and they will probably cause you and other people a bit of a head wreck. Yeah, anything that's like, we'll do one of these for each of our guests Mm. will inevitably take you about four days. So scratch that completely. Doesn't mean you can't have personal touches at your wedding, but it's about curating them, finding one or two details to let your personality shine through and keeping the rest to the very basics. Mm. And in terms of how the day flows as well, like if you're kind of thinking, okay, so we want to go to City Hall at this time and then we want to go for a drink in between and then go to the reception and you're like, oh, that sounds a bit tight on time. It probably is too tight on time and you probably should just cut that section out. Everything takes more time on the day as well than you expect it to, even things like hair and makeup. So you need to plan out the day very cleverly um, and talk to the venues. They know their stuff because they've done it a million times. And likewise, your photographer are invaluable for helping you map out your day. And in terms of having time to plan these things, if you're looking at your plan for the day and thinking, oh God, it seems like a bit of a faff getting from here to here at this time of day, it probably is. As much as I really like cool, unique wedding venues, I'm a big advocate for a ready-made wedding venue that has Mm. built-in packages and built-in wedding day structures if you're planning a wedding in a short timeline is always a good idea because they'll help you every step of the way they'll have a formula you can follow yeah I wouldn't advise to go for a wedding venue that's maybe relatively new or doesn't do that many weddings or is very exclusive if you're really short on time because you just want to know that everything's going to go to plan you want to know that the people who work there the wedding coordinator is going to be really efficient because they probably have loads of couples so they Mm -hmm. have to be really quick in their dealings with you and you can be guaranteed all that stuff if you go for a venue where you know oh they do weddings you know every weekend all year round they're really really busy they're really really experienced so I'm not going to need to worry about anything likewise when it comes to the actual aesthetics of a venue again blank canvas venues are really cool but if you don't have time to think about the kind of decoration you want and source the things you need then Mm. go with the venue where you already think looks beautiful already and won't need much yeah tarting up yeah because it will be quite an effort if you have to try and hire your own chairs and all of that kind of stuff at this stage of the day three months out that's a big extra task to ask of yourself I feel like we must note that the couple who got engaged or got married within three months last year planned a marquee wedding in their garden which basically meant they had to do every single little thing yeah and they pulled it off so it can be done but our advice would be if you at all can keep it simple I will say that they weren't working full-time at the time I don't think one of them wasn't I don't know. There was some, I feel like I was like, they'll be grand. They've got time. I definitely wasn't worrying as I would be if they were They had a lot of helpers too. They had loads of helpers. Yeah. Which brings us nicely on to our next point. Which is to enlist some help. Enlist loads of help, actually. Yes. Take all the help you can get. Yeah. You have no time to be picky. No. I would refer you back to our episode on how to get your friends involved in your wedding. Make a spreadsheet. Write down who's doing what so you're in control of all the jobs. Ask any of your friends who've been married in the last years what they have Mm -hmm. that they can lend you. Chances are, if they're anything like me, they're delighted to pawn off their wedding stuff on you. Um, I'm available if anyone needs any cake plates or napkins. Because you just want it to get used again. You're delighted for it to have another day out. So yeah, ask around rather than spending hours trying to source things. It might actually be quicker to borrow a load of cake plates off your mate than to try and source them yourself. Or go to Ikea and go to a million shops. Yeah. Absolutely. Time is of the essence here. So yeah, when you're talking to your suppliers, I think leaning on them too. So we don't just mean help from your friends. It's also 
the professionals that are working on your wedding. So talk to your stationer, ask them if they're doing your wedding invitations, what can they do for on the day as well? Can they maybe look after the signage and the menus and things like that? Talk to your florist about maybe something for the ceremony Hmm. rather than spending your time sourcing some kind of curtain backdrop. Yeah, or DIYing something. Yeah, exactly. It's just about kind of leaning out into your circle and seeing who can do what so you don't have to. Obviously, when you have a short amount of time, it is not advisable to decide you're going to do the flowers yourself or <sighs> give your cake to your mate or whatever. Yeah. It's even harder to make that happen. Mm. But in terms of logistical things and small things and menial tasks, anyone who offers to help, you should take them up on it and mm. you should have a nice system going, maybe a spreadsheet to a log. A board. A Trello board, yeah. You should have something on the go to log who's doing what everyone's phone number contact details all of that so it's accessible on the day anything that you don't feel like you personally need to oversee pawn it off on a relative or a pal who's willing if you've always been someone who's nervous about delegating now's the time to learn and everyone will i think treat you a little bit more kindly because they know you need the help as opposed to if someone asked me for a favor two years out i'd be like um why can't she do that herself? Yeah. <laughs> but everyone knows you're tight on time. Everyone's more yeah. than happy to help out and make it happen. Definitely. Our next tip is all about being realistic. So there's some certain things that will be a bit hard to swallow. So the best vendors might be gone. There might be things you just simply can't have at that short notice. Things that might need to be ordered in from abroad or address that you have your heart set on takes mm. six months to make. And I think if you go into the process knowing that, it's just a lot smoother and you won't constantly be disappointed along the way. Yeah. Again, this is another tip, I suppose, for anyone who's getting married, but try not to compare your wedding to anyone else's Mm. because I could see why if you're getting married in three months and you're chatting to your friend who spent 18 months planning hers, you could quickly get into the thing of like, oh, it's well for her because, you know, she had loads of time to be yeah. looking for, you know, the right colour napkin or whatever. So try and block all that out because, you know, it's going to be a great day. are going to do amazing things in three months, but it probably won't be very similar to that woman's wedding if she spent 18 months on it. No, and often those kind of ones, the ones that are planned quickly are a lot more fun because they're a bit more authentic, a bit more when I say cobbled together I don't mean in a rough around the edges way but I mean like everyone brought something to the table which is really nice everyone mucked in yeah and they just tend to have a a real community kind feel to them Mm. so yeah it still will be amazing it just might not be aesthetically polished as maybe someone who yeah put two years into the planning and literally was researching gold cutlery for two months of those that two was years. me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was you <laughs> um, we should talk about money as well because mm. there's nothing to say that you should have to spend more just because you're planning in a short time frame but we would recommend upping the percentage of contingency that you have in your budget so yeah. at the minute we recommend 12.5% as a general rule at least yeah I would up that to 15 or maybe 20 yeah because there are going to be times during your planning period where you do have to throw money at the problem. Yes, definitely. Even just to have a quick turnaround. I mean, there's not, obviously not everything will be the case, but for certain things, for labour-wise, you might just need to pay extra to have things done quickly. 
and it's better to have that factored in than to get a fright along the way yeah even things like if you're ordering stuff online you're gonna have to pay for the more expensive shipping because mm. you need it in a rush That's all a of those one. little things do add up yeah so just when you're looking at your budget definitely up the recommended contingency if you're short on time yeah and equally on the subject of time i think you should sort of factor in a contingency with time as mm. well so Often when I'm working on something, I like to sort of plan out how long it will take me. But I always try and add a little bit extra to cover myself. So I think if you like to work that way and you're kind of going, okay, tonight, what am I doing? I have two hours to, you know, send these emails and get on to my friend about this. I would recommend sort of like an extra half hour for every two hour block. Because realistically, everything takes longer than you think it will in weddings. Yeah, that's a good shout. And maybe when you're making out that 12-week list, maybe mm. make it out for 10. And then yes. you'll have you'll have a bit of a buffer. That's a great tip, because I guarantee you will use the 12 weeks if you yes. make a 10-week <laughs> plan. We've seen it happen yeah. many times. Definitely. The next one is all about style. So this kind of goes for suits and dresses, but particularly dresses. Mm. Make a plan to go shopping ASAP. Yeah, if you don't know already... Anything less than a six month lead in time for a designer wedding dress is considered a rush order. Yeah. So if you've got your heart set on a certain dress, um, you might get a bit of a shock, but it might not happen for you. There are ways of getting around it, like you might find it in a sample sale or you might be willing to pay more for a rush order if that's something that they offer. Yeah, there's a lot of sites where people put their pre-worn dresses up and remember they've only been worn once. So they're still often in mint condition and yeah, that's a perfect way to get your dream dress that's already made. You don't have to say goodbye to that dream dress, but you do have to be realistic about it. And it's worth kind of exploring other options as well. Um, like a custom made uh, dress might work if you can find someone really good in your area. Yes, who does them in a quick timeline. Likewise, make sure when you call a boutique that you let them know your wedding date. A lot of times they'll ask, but just so they know from the outset so that if they can't help you, they'll let you know straight away and they're not wasting your time. Yeah, you don't want to waste your own time, you know, with going to all these appointments to be disappointed. Vintage is another route that you can go and a lot Mm -hmm. of the uh, bridal designers that sell online, like the Grace Loves Lace and the Beholdens, a lot of those may be able to give you a dress in a shorter time frame. Yes, and a lot of designers now have offshoots of their labels, less expensive and less ornate versions of their dresses. Bo and Luca, some of those yes. guys. So have a look around. Your favorite designer might have an offshoot that sells online. And you're going to look great. You'll be gorge. You'll be gorge. Likewise with the suit, just get working on it as soon as possible obviously you can buy off the rack quite easily but if you'll need any tailoring done um, you want to let yourself some time and in a world where I control everything all men would be tailoring their suits Mm -hmm. so you probably will need a bit of tailoring let's face it I'd like to live in a world where you control everything it'd be very organised I think it would look nice as well (laughs) everyone's hems would be perfect that's all I want and our final piece of advice is to have fun and make sure you get some downtime we say this every single week on the podcast, but you should enjoy wedding planning because you're planning a party. Yeah, and you'll look back on it and you'll want to think of your engagement fondly mm. and not be like, "Oh God, I feel sick. That was such a stressful time." It was a three-month headache because it shouldn't be. Yeah, so obviously you won't have as much time for like you know, lols and going for nice drinks with your mom and stuff like that if you're getting married in three months' time. 
But definitely you have to set aside time for yourself and time to like just take a minute and breathe and go, God, this is so exciting. Like, yeah, this is the only time in my life when I'm going to have this big, mad, exciting party that I'm going to throw and I'm going to enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. I mean, when you think of whether you have the 12 month or three month lead in, there's always that initial frenzy of getting everything booked. And then even in the 12 weeks, there will be a bit of a dip where you've kind of done all the big things and all the last minute things are waiting for you in the last couple of weeks. Mm. And so make sure you make the most of those times when, when you don't have anything to do. And yeah, be loved up and drink Prosecco and yeah. cake. Month two is probably where that happens for a lot of people, I think, once you've done the initial blast. Yeah. Yeah, so make sure you enjoy yourself because it is a wedding after all and it should be fun. And there's no reason at all you can't plan it in three months. One fab day, listener dilemmas. Each week on the podcast, we like to spend a little bit of time putting our brains to work on one of your wedding-related queries. So today, it's Claire's turn to choose the dilemma. Yep, I found this one in our inbox. It says, My fiancé and I got engaged about two months ago and we've had a lovely time celebrating so far. My problem is that I think his daughter is feeling quite left out. She's 13 and we get on really well, so I know she's okay with us getting married, but she just doesn't seem like herself since we got engaged. I get the feeling she thinks we'll be so busy with the wedding that we won't have any time for her. Any ideas how we can make her feel more included? She's not really into clothes and makeup, so I don't think she'll be interested in wedding dress shopping or being a bridesmaid. So the first thing I'd say to this person is she might be really into wedding dress shopping and being a bridesmaid just because maybe it's not her own personal bag. Mm. I still think it would be quite exciting to go with um, someone to buy a wedding dress just because maybe you're not, you know, watching makeup tutorials all day long. I think the first thing to do is maybe have a sit down with her either the two of you or maybe you take her out for like an afternoon tea or one day out Mm. and have a chat and let her know that wedding planning first of all won't occupy all of your time yeah that you'll still absolutely be there for her maybe have a few things in the pipeline so she knows that there's other stuff going on and then ask her how she wants to be involved we had a real wedding recently that was really nice where the bride had a daughter about this age and it was just so lovely to see how they included her because she was even included in the proposal like Mm. her partner proposed to both of them at the same time which was a lovely touch and along the way she was almost in every photo like she was really really involved and depending on what kind of ceremony you're interested in having your celebrant will definitely be open to including her in the ceremony as well and having maybe a ritual that ties you all together Mm. Um, and also definitely try and figure out a job that you can give her like a really important job that makes her feel included that could be anything it could be like giving out the ceremony booklets or it could be making a speech or singing a song if she's so inclined definitely I think that will make her feel more excited and give her a bit more ownership over the wedding like it's kind of her day as well yeah definitely and then as well when it comes to shopping I think being really open when it comes to her looking for her outfit and getting something that she feels really comfortable in Mm. I think will be key putting her in a glitter dress if that's not her bag yeah will only make her resent your wedding so I think it's a good idea to yeah be open-minded when you're shopping and make her comfortable tell everybody that before the day is out we shall have a wedding or a hanging either way we ought to have a lot of fun huh your non-wedding homework this week In our experience, wedding planning is far more enjoyable when you give yourself a break every once in a while. Today, Selena's got an idea for how to do exactly that. So my recommendation is 
visit a garden centre. I see we're getting wilder by the well, week. <laughs> I'd like to point out that I mentioned this to Claire earlier and she went, oh God, I spent my whole childhood being dragged around by my dad and mom in garden centres. I was the same. But let me tell you, when you're an adult, if you don't know this already, garden centres are really brilliant and fun. And there's lots of like gas things to be found even I'm if you don't my head. Oh, <laughs> but even if you don't have a garden so I have a garden now so obviously it's very exciting for me because I go around going give me those marigolds please but if you don't have a garden there's loads of indoor plants you can get mm. and also there's just mad stuff like you know like the garden gnomes and stuff <laughs> they are fascinating like I can't think of a better way to spend an hour on do a Saturday do they still often have fish tanks that was the bit I liked oh I don't know probably I, you see garden centres are so huge you'll never make it yeah. through the whole thing but they always have like random like creepy old lady fox figurines it's like <laughs> a whole moment over there I love a garden centre on a weekend so I think I'm sticking by this recommendation I'll take your word for it and I'll check one out <laughs> you don't seem like you will. <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, we're fixing up our garden at the moment, so I do need to pay one a visit soon. And I mean, you can always treat yourself at the end with like a nice coffee or a lunch. A lot of them do have some swanky cafes. Yeah, true. Shout out to the Arboretum in Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've changed since our youth, I have to say. Yeah, I'm all for any day trip excursion that comes with scones. Yeah, give it a go. Selena. Yes, Claire. I must issue a groveling apology. Is that because I wrote on the schedule Claire issues a groveling apology? Yes, but I was going to do it anyway. I'm very sorry. I have mm-hmm. found the way and I'm mad for garden centres. Well, I'm I'm just glad that you have come to appreciate my recommendation finally, weeks later yes. after you tried it for yourself. Yes, and I'm very sorry. I was a big naysayer and I was all like, but I spent years following my parents around garden centres when I was a kid because now as an adult with a debit card of my own and a garden of my own, I found it a very pleasurable afternoon shopping for plants. I did see the pictures on Instagram. It sounds like you bought the whole bloody garden centre out. I did. We went to two garden centres, we filled the car and now we've got a gorgeous garden. Well, hopefully listeners will learn from your mistakes, Claire, yes. that garden centres are not to be trifled with and that they're gas crack. They are gas crack. So thank you for your tip. You're welcome. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. That's a wrap on this episode of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. We're taking a little break from the podcast over the next few weeks, but don't worry, we'll be back in September with lots of juicy new episodes. We'll be chatting about how you can make your wedding unique, how you can save money on your wedding and how you can bust wedding related stress. Honestly, we cannot wait. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch or if you've got a wedding-related dilemma that you could use our help with, please drop us a line. You can email us at hello at onefabday.com or hit us up on social. We're at onefabday on all the major social channels. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode and if you did, we'd love you to take two minutes out of your day to rate and review the podcast on iTunes or to send it along to someone who you think might enjoy it. Before we leave you, we've got to mention all the good stuff that we've published on onefabday.com this week. There are gorgeous rare weddings, planning guides, style features, and lots more, so make sure to pay us a visit. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online 
you'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.